Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. This is Lorraine Ball. And Allison Carter. And we're back for another week of conversations about things we think business owners need to know about. This week we're talking about interns. Interns. Interns are good. They can be. So this week we're going to talk about both the good and the bad of having interns as well as um, what you can do to make the experiences better for everyone. Okay, so as we're starting the conversation, suggestions for how to find good interns to begin with. I'm actually going to suggest that we even start one step back. Okay. Why should you have an intern? Good question. Um, I think there are a couple of different reasons why companies should consider having interns. The first is if you just genuinely like teaching. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and that's that's definitely how I'm wired. I enjoy um, working with young professionals. Um, I've done it for more than 20 years now, and I really I, I get a kick out of it. So that's one of the reasons. And I actually think that's that that needs to be a prerequisite. If you do not have that. If you are not truly interested in investing in someone's education, then what you want is not an intern. What you want is a part-time or temp employee, and there's a big difference. Absolutely. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Internships are about education. Yes. Um, one of the advantages for small businesses for bringing in interns is getting that outside perspective, getting uh, a chance to introduce your company perhaps to some new ideas, new technology, depending on the field that you're in. Um, in our industry, things change very rapidly. And if there are things that they're teaching in schools that maybe we um, aren't aware of, though... That usually doesn't happen. Not, okay, and maybe our field is not the best example. Yes. But there are other fields where there are new advancements that the average business owner might not be aware of. I think that's a great reason. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing interns in, if you bring someone in, it gives you, and particularly in the summer as people are taking vacations, it gives you a little bit of a safety valve to help balance some of your workload because your interns are going to do some work. Part of the reason you're bringing them in is to get um, a little added uh, hands-on help in your organization. And finally, um, depending on how your organization is structured, bringing somebody in as an intern is a fabulous way to groom someone for future employment. Really? I don't think that would ever work. Yeah, no, it didn't work with you, didn't work with Peter, didn't (laughs) work with Shreya. Certainly was not effective with... um, Jay, either. All right, so fully half of our staff here started as interns, including me. So absolutely. Now, from an intern perspective, why is this a good deal? One of the biggest things I think that interns learn really doesn't necessarily have to do with their specific job set. You know, when a graphic design intern comes in, they should really know how to use Illustrator, how to use Photoshop, and the nuts and bolts of doing their job. I think the big thing they learn are things like how to answer phones in a heck how to talk on the telephone is a huge thing for a lot of college students these days how to act in an office how to respond to criticism and have to adjust your design accordingly i think there's also a matter of the rhythm of the real world mm-hmm. and i see this in writers and in designers in school you have a full week to work on 
one thing. Mm -hmm. And that's not how business works. No. And so I think it is a really good opportunity for students to learn what the pace of their profession really is. And also, I think it's a great opportunity for students to figure out if what they're studying is what they want uh -huh. to do. That can be huge. You might really enjoy the theories of something in a classroom. For instance, when I was in college, I thought that I wanted to be really heavy into media relations. I wanted to, you know, be pitching and interacting with the media, and then I actually did it, and I found out I really despise it. <laughs> um, I, and, you know, it, it seems a little scary that you've invested two or three years, mm -hmm. but better to turn around and go off in a slightly different direction before you get out of school. Most of the time you can course correct within a major or at least shift within a school. Um, so usually you can at least try to pinpoint where you want your future career to go. You know, I mean, I think about myself as a marketing major and there are a lot of places I could have gone into agency work, I could have gone into brand management or project product management or channel management and the reality is over the years I've done it all. Mm -hmm. But as an intern, I could have very quickly identified the pieces of my profession that I really didn't have any interest in. What are some reasons, what are some bad reasons for wanting an intern from a business's perspective? Um, I think anytime a business owner wants to bring someone in to do something that they don't know how to do, uh -huh. it is a bad idea. Um, because you can't teach that. For example, I, I do know a little bit of accounting, but I couldn't bring an intern into round peg to do my bookkeeping because I couldn't teach them enough beyond basic QuickBooks to really make this a valuable internship for me, for a business owner, or for that. Um, for a business owner who thinks they're going to bring in an intern to manage their social media when they don't know anything about social media, that is a disaster waiting to happen. Without guidance, no matter how bright and talented that student is, they're not going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. And the owner or manager will have no way of evaluating the intern's performance as the summer wears on. The other issue that we see is, let's say that you, you do, you have a one to million intern who really understands social media, not just tactics, not just how to post on Facebook, they understand the strategies and they do it and they do a great job and then the semester comes to an end and they're gone. And now what happens to that Facebook page or that Tumblr or that Twitter or whatever your social media is? You don't know how to do it so suddenly it languishes or you bring in another intern who maybe isn't as good or who radically shifts the tone of the page and you have something that while it might have a short-term benefit is not sustainable and so ultimately it's not really useful. For us, the kind of projects that I have found are really beneficial to get interns involved in are things that are portfolio building for them mm -hmm. or resume building for them. Things that they can go on a job interview and say, I did this, I did this, I did this, but that they did it under our direction so we're prepared to take it over. Mm -hmm. And a good example is this podcast. Um, three years ago, two, three years ago, um, I wanted to do a podcast and I really didn't have time to evaluate technology and figure out how to make it work. I gave that assignment to an intern 
who researched various recording technologies and identified how we would post these things to our website. I had him train me on all of this, so when he left, I could now But didn't you just contradict him. yourself a little bit because you just asked an intern how to do something that you didn't know how to do yourself? Um, what I did, but the, okay, and, and a little bit different. I understood the strategy. Mm -hmm. I understood how the pieces needed to go together. What I didn't know how to do was evaluate the technology. Mm -hmm. And so I had him do the reviews. We sat down and reviewed his research together. And so then I could say, this is going to work for us or this isn't. And that's different than go set up the, go set it up and have him podcast mm -hmm. for three months and then leave and have no one here that knows how to pick up the ball. That was different. So how do you decide whether you need to or should pay an intern or whether you can do an unpaid internship? Well, the federal government actually makes that pretty clear. Mm. They, they really do. Mm. Unpaid internships have to be for the benefit of the student. They cannot replace a paid employee. The intern must be working for someone who can actually train and teach them. And so um, if you can provide that kind of an environment, and we do that a lot for a lot of our interns here at Roundpeg, and the way that I, I look at it is um, if I'm going to bring someone in for three months, and I know they're going to be gone at the end of the three months, it's a short-term gig, based on the amount of training that we have to do to bring somebody up to speed on our systems. They're going to learn a lot of software programs. They're going to learn how to do a lot of things. They're going to work under the um, tutelage of someone who is a more senior person. That internship experience becomes very valuable for the intern and also valuable for us because it takes us about six weeks or so with an average intern to really get them where they're, they're really making a contribution. And um, so a summer works well. If you're really looking at your business and what you're looking at is bringing on intern after intern after intern, and they're all sort of these three-month short-term hops, from an organization perspective, that training, if you've got a high training curve, that doesn't make any sense. Um, if, if you've got the same project that you're going to do over and well, over again. Well, more, more than that, it also is in violation of federal law. And one of the trickiest part of the Department of Labor guidelines for unpaid interns is this proviso that says that the intern cannot be of immediate benefit to the organization, which is why I actually think that the Department of Labor uh, guidelines are extremely vague and not clear at all. Because if they didn't have any benefit to the business, why on earth would any business bring in an intern. I think that the most important part is it is not purely for the business's benefit. There is another line that says that you must understand that interns may sometimes hamper business activities, and they do. Uh, God love them. Again, been there more than once. They do. Um, it really needs to be about the intern's learning experience. Which goes back again to that whole... Um referenceable or resume building or portfolio building opportunity. The other thing that we do is when I have a lot of interns, particularly unpaid interns, then um, I'm free to take on 
some not-for-profit work and donate some of our time supporting organizations that we know and love. Um, I don't have that bandwidth without that extra resource. And so it allows me to do that. But as I look at the business, I think any business owner has to look at it. Interns work great for short-term projects. If you've got something like that podcasting, yes. that's a good learning experience for the intern that they can get done in that summer, it's perfect. But if what you're looking to do is really support your organization a little bit more long-term, where you really are looking to offload some of your workload, first off, you need to have it as a paid internship, yes. and then you've got a lot more flexibility with what they can do. But you really need to think about whether that's an internship or a part-time job. Because interns and students think in three-month intervals. I'm going to be here till the end of the semester. One of the reasons we did not do an intern program, a big intern program this summer, is we didn't have time as an organization to train three new people on our systems to have them leave in August. We decided that the, the training time would be a net loss to the organization in this instance, whether paid or unpaid. Um, it simply took too much time away from core activities. And, and the benefit, um, now we ended up, we actually do have an intern, but, but it's a very different program and it's a very different arrangement. It's also a paid position. It's a paid position and our expectation and our hope is that she will be here. There's not an end date. So the time that we are investing in training and bringing her up to speed and letting her learn how we do things, um, hopefully we'll have an afterlife and a value beyond a two and a half month window. So bottom line, if you are looking for someone to make your copies, get your coffee, get your dry cleaning, you need to pay the intern and you probably shouldn't call it an internship. And the Department of Labor is cracking down on this very hard right now. And there are several high profile lawsuits in the works where interns are suing for back wages. So you do need to be very, very careful and mindful of this. But okay, let's jump to let's jump to another uh, part of the equation and look at you have you have an internship. How do you structure the internship now that you kind of figure out what you want them to do is within guidelines? You're going to pay. You're not going to pay. How do you start that internship off on the right foot? The first thing I I always ask an intern, and this should happen during the interview phase. What do you want to learn? What do you want to get out of this? Uh, good interns will have an idea, and that might not be a specific thing, but I really want to dive into social media, or I want to learn more about writing, or I want to just get the office experience. Find out where their area of interest is and start there. I think you also have to look at it from the other side, from the business perspective, is go back to what do you want this intern to do? Mm -hmm. um, on day one, when an intern walks into your office, you should have two or three tasks or projects in mind. Yes. I can't tell you how many times I've seen um, when I was in corporate and talking to business owners, oh yeah, I've got an intern starting on Monday, we'll figure out what we want them to work on when they get here. Mm -hmm. There's never enough time for that. And so that intern then becomes a huge drag on you, on your staff, because you haven't thought about what their experience needs to be. You know, I wouldn't say that the intern becomes a huge drag. I will tell you that I had an internship when I was in college 
where they wanted us to do a very specific job. It involved going to fairs and festivals and handing out some literature, and that was great, and that was fine. I didn't mind doing that at all. The problem was it was a 40-hour-a-week internship, and that was about 15 hours a week. So for the rest of the time, I was bored out of my mind, and I was begging for stuff to do, and no one would give me anything, and I spent a substantial part of that summer sitting under a tree which is fine, but was not what I wanted and was not productive and I didn't ultimately learn anything. So you need to consider the length of it. And it, again, it's not always the intern's fault. No, no, it's, it's I, um, when, I, when I'm looking at it from that perspective, um, it's not the intern's fault, it is the intern, and maybe the, the correct phrase there is, the internship mm -hmm. becomes a drag on the organization. Yes. Because you didn't set it up correctly on the front end. Um, I think you need to step back and look at what do you, you know. What are you going to teach? Mm -hmm. um, how many uh, how many hours do you really want that person there? Um, there's a lot of babysitting. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered, and um, I think a forty hour a week internship is actually hard on everyone mm -hmm. because your staff needs time to just be able to do their jobs mm -hmm. without um, and particularly true in younger interns, but I've seen this a lot, um, their parents have told them that they are the center of the universe. And as soon as they finish a project, they're, okay, here, look at this. And you can be in the middle of a meeting or a discussion. And that's part of that, it's part of that office etiquette that they don't know. You know, I've been surprised, though. I don't think that's exclusively true of young interns. We've had that issue with some non-traditional interns. It just, just that idea that... I'm I, done, what's next? You know, and, I will be with you in a minute. <laughs> and so, until the intern is up and running, mm -hmm. um, unless you've got a really long list of things for them to do, um, you're going to have to deal with that. Yeah. And you're going to have to sort of be ready to stop what you're doing. I, I always laugh when people tell me, oh yeah, we're getting an intern, it's going to be great, I'm going to save so much time. At least for the first month, you will not. Mm -hmm. You will take much more time because you have to explain the task, give the intern more time than it would take you to complete the task because they can't be expected to work at your level because they've probably never done the task before. Then you must review the task with them, give feedback, and then in many cases let them revise that and then review that again. So it can become a considerably drawn out process, but it does have huge benefit for everyone involved. I mean, we've had, uh, and I'm going to say this again, we've had tremendous success with interns. Mm -hmm. um, a number, and I forgot, Annalise also worked oh. for us for a year after her internship. We've had a number of interns who became employees because, it, now, for everyone that became an employee, we had three that didn't. Mm -hmm. So let's take a look at what were the differences. Some of it was timing. Timing is huge. Some of it is totally timing, but also some of it was one single characteristic. And that was the ability to step beyond their assignment. The intern, and, and so for interns out there that are listening to this, if you're given assignment A and you finish assignment A mm -hmm. and your supervisor is not ready to give you assignment B, use that time. Um, when you were here in downtime, I think you read our blog post. I read the entire blog archive. 
which um, even back then was a couple was was probably 1,500 posts. That was a lot. And so that's number one. Find other things so that when you get that next opportunity to sit down with your boss, say, hey, I finished this, and oh, by the way, I did this, this, and this. I think this would be interesting. Can I look into it? I know that every time an intern has come with me, you know, come to me with that, I'm always open to them spending some time doing that because a lot of those things are going to be simple wastes of time, but it's their time and, and their choice to waste it. But they'll always find a couple of things in there that will be really valuable, both for them and for us. So I think curiosity is one of the most important traits and the ability to not... Uh, critical thinking mm. is one of the most important and the least taught or understood skill. Um, one thing that I find that in today's culture, because of the way students are often taught to test, kids have a, or kids, they're so much younger than I am, <laughs> students have a difficult time if I give them an assignment not simply using something else as a template and almost copying from it. And when I say, why did you do it this way? This doesn't even make sense. Well, that's the way the example you gave me was. And I was like, but if you thought about it for three seconds, you would have seen that these are completely different and that wouldn't have even made sense. So being able to adjust and course correct and not simply regurgitate but create new things is a hugely important skill. Absolutely. Um, and we've talked about a lot of different pieces of here. I, I, I do want to touch on just one other subject before we wrap up, and that's this idea of non-traditional interns. Mm. Um, everyone thinks about interns as college students. Uh, over the years, we've had, my youngest intern was 15, which was probably, probably wouldn't do that again. I, I probably wouldn't do that again. But With all respect to him, he, he did the best a 15-year-old could have been expected to do, but it was probably not a good idea. You know, it was an interesting experience for us, but on the other side, we've had interns in their 40s. And every time we bring in a non-traditional intern, people kind of look at me a little bit odd and, and probably look at them a little bit odd because they're thinking, really? These people couldn't get a job or, or you know, it doesn't make any sense. But the truth is, for people that are in mid-career change and transition, and they're looking to enhance their skill set and move in a different direction, they can bring a lot of value to your organization. Although they're trying to learn a skill that maybe they don't have a background in social media or enhanced content management, they bring a certain level of maturity um, and experience that allows them to look at problems differently. You have to think about, in your organization, whether or not this is going to work um, based on your team. It, it was a little odd for us bringing in someone who was 40, working for Allison, who at the time was 24. 23, actually. 23. Yeah, that was that was really early on. I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I have actually been surprised in that the maturity level is not as big a factor as you think it is. It all just kind of comes back to age ain't nothing but a number. I have had wonderful non-traditional interns who have blown my socks off and who are still dear personal friends of mine um, and who have gone on to have really wonderful careers and I'm so proud of them. And I've had others who have been um, not all that different from a flaky freshman. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I think, and maybe maturity is the wrong word because I think someone who's in career transition, it does sort of set the clock back. I think what, if they will 
tap into it, and not every not everyone can. If they'll tap into the things they've done before and look for the connections, how can they use? You know, I always use the example. I walked away from a career in teaching, but the things I took with me there were two things: how to break down complex ideas mm -hmm. into manageable bites, which works in everything, and the other thing is how to manage. Um, the skills that you use to manage a room full of 10-year-old boys works with adult men. Are you comparing us to 10-year-old children? Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. But basically, being able to look at what I had done before and how to apply it. When I went from heating and air conditioning to insurance, it was that same process of looking at where my experience had been in the past, selling through multi-channel, that applied equally well in insurance. And so if you get a mid-career intern, I think one of the things that I would probably do differently than I've done in the past is really spend more time looking at what have you done before and which pieces of that background can help you where you're going. Absolutely. So, summer starting. We only have one intern in the house. Mm -hmm. Closing thoughts on what will make her successful. What will make her successful is an openness to feedback and criticism, a willingness to change, but also a desire to just get better. Um, the more invested she is in her education, you know, we can't learn it for them. We can't want them to succeed more than they do, and sometimes that's what it boils down to, and I think that we are in a great situation with her. Awesome. So... That kind of wraps up today's conversation on interns. If you're thinking about it, hopefully you've picked up a few tips and some ideas that will make your internship program more successful. As always, if you'd like to learn more about what we do, check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.